Welcome to Reading for Attention, the weekly podcast where me, Paul, and me busy mate Sarah chat about a recent book whilst drinking a carefully selected beverage. Now, why have we committed to reading a book every single week and talking about it in a public forum? Well, the same reason me and Sarah do anything in life for attention. Welcome to episode five of our international hit podcast. We've got one listener in Brazil. In a reading for attention first, we're going to prepare our drinks whilst recording. Yes. Just as a reminder, we've got a death in the afternoon. So just popping some Prosexy in a glass. This is me. This is some ASMR. This is me opening the test tube of absinthe. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing that Hemingway had probably a better quality absinthe. This is literally like the one that you used to get. Which, how much fun was it going out when you were 18 and someone would come around with like a, what looked like an artist's palette with holes in it, with test okay. tubes? I actually had a reasonably heavy night last night. So absinthe probably isn't the best idea. 70% absinthe. Okay. I can't get the lid off. Yeah, it. It requires a little bit of muscle, but oh, well. luckily I'm fail. You can do it. For anyone... Manual labour. What? <laughs> we just heard labia. <laughs> I hate manual labia. Manual labia. hate my new labia. Smells... <laughs> <laughs> smells hideous. Well, like aniseed. I can't do it. Oh, shit. You're going to have to employ your teeth. Oh, no, really? Yeah, go on. Oh, it worked, but there oh, we go. Oh, 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 oh. that made us feel funny. Okay, here we are. It's open. Okay. She's, she's open. You know so, what's worrying? It's the only time I've had an alcohol delivery and they didn't ask for ID. 70%. Well, mine was just slotted through my post. Yeah, same. I don't know where you've got this from, but I'm not 100% sure it's entirely <gasps> Yeah, it stinks. Um, just uh, as a reminder, normally oh, absinthe is 40%. Paul went ahead and got us the 70%. The reason, no, to be honest, the reason I got this particular one is because <laughs> one, it's funny. And two, it was the only one that you could get a tiny amount of. Otherwise, you had to buy yeah. a full bottle. And I was like, I don't want to introduce absinthe to my life just yet. <laughs> um, right. How much are you going to put in? All of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's 20 milliliters. So it's not even a shot. It's not even a shot. Come on. All right. Okay. Here we go. Great Actually, I'm going to have one sip of Prosex. So it's still yeah. nice. Me too. Hang on. Cheers. Mm. Cheers, babe. Clink. Okay. Have you have you zipped it yet? No. Have you? I have, no. It looks right. like urine the day after a night out, and it smells. It's like nuclear urine. Nuclear. Ready? It's like urine after a bath. Stinks. Poor. Oh. oh. Wow. How? Ernest Hemingway used to drink these. I thought it was going to be dead classy. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, I feel like I've just drank lighter fluid. Okay, so the reason that we've chosen death in the afternoon, or I chose death in the afternoon, the reason I'm choosing to drink absinthe on a Sunday afternoon is because the book that we read this week is called The Midnight Library, and it's all about undoing regrets from your life. And I thought, what's the biggest regret of a drink? And it's absinthe in Prosecco. Confirmed. So I'll give you an overview. Matt Haig... He's a pretty prolific... Are you okay, babe? Every time I take a sip, because you sort of get that hit of Prosecco and it's delicious. Yeah. And, then and it just goes like... wrong. So Matt Higg is a prolific writer. He writes in many genres. He writes children's books. He writes... This one was an adult one. Um, he writes quite a lot of speculative fiction, or spec fic, we call it in the biz. We, as if I'm anywhere near the biz. Also, I did not know that we called it that. I don't know if they do either, but I said that with confidence. So speculative fiction being a books that have elements of invented things in them. They're not necessarily in this universe, but it's not the same as like sci-fi. So, and this is a good example of speculative fiction. The Midnight Library is about Nora Seed, who is in, I think she's in her early 30s, and her life is a bit of a dead-end life. She's had failed relationships. She gets sacked from her job on like the second page. She's not having a good time of it. And you you also know that, within the first couple of chapters, she's going to attempt suicide. And then she does attempt suicide very, very early in the book. And she ends up in this midnight library where an old librarian from school, Mrs. Elm, is there. And she's the person who comforted Nora when her dad died when she was younger. 
And it's this magical library where it's, it's full of books of Nora's regrets. And she has the chance to undo some regrets in her life and see what her life might have turned out like if she'd taken different paths. So most of the book is taking you through these various different paths and she does loads of amazing things. It's the first time we're reading proper commercial fiction as well. I think we've we've got ourselves through four literary novels so far. Mm-hmm. So feeling very attention-seeking about that. But it was quite a relief to read something commercial. And I, I read an interview with Matt Haig who said, I never win awards, like... I'm not trying to win awards. And actually, when I did try and write a literary fiction book, I got all the great reviews that I wanted, but I didn't like the book. So he's like, I much prefer uh, writing books that people care about. And care about it, they bloody well do. Because part of the reason I wanted to talk about this is because it's got like over 100,000 reviews on Amazon. It was, it sold over 2 million copies. It was only released last year. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's obviously resonating with people, this story. And I think that probably is because it's a simple one that everyone can relate to. I had a conversation with my friend over drinks, God, uh, about <laughs> regrets, which and I want to ask you these questions too. But Sarah. Oh, Lordy. Okay, yes. What did you think? I don't think I liked it. Oh, I knew that was coming, you know. I knew this wasn't did a you? Sarah book. It just didn't do much for me. I appreciated it in terms of the message that it was trying to send, but and I did this because it, yeah, it is this drink. I've got an, I've got a headache and heartburn. I've got a hangover already. <laughs> oh, why did you come in with the funnier joke? Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was there for the taking, and I missed mm. it. Yeah, I appreciate the message, but this is, I I want to point this out early on because it was a huge attention-seeking thing that I did. As we all know, I read on my phone. So on my phone, this book was 400 pages or something like that. And by page 100, I messaged Paul and I said, I know how this book is going to end. And lo and behold, I was right. And so because I knew that that was what was going to happen, I just felt like I was biding time until I was proved right. Yes. I thought, it was very, I thought it was very predictable. I thought the messages were great and like well the overall message was like necessary and uh applicable and relatable, but it read it read really easily, which I enjoyed, especially after failing to finish last <laughs> week's book or even really start last week's book. Mm. And it wasn't like challenging in any sort of negative way. Um <laughs> but I just wasn't. I wasn't really bothered. I didn't really like Nora. And I mean, I know that characters don't necessarily have to be likable for them to be relatable or even just readable, but I I don't think that was the intention. I don't think he intended for her to be dislikable. Is that a word? Unlikable. Unlike, God, that's embarrassing. (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't know. Dislikable, maybe. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, What did I like about it? Everything just pissed me off a bit, you know. Did it? Give me some things that pissed you off. So she gets to sort of, am I going to spoil it by saying test out various different lives? Nah, that's like the whole book. It probably says that on the blurb. Yeah, so she gets to test out all of these different lives and you know from pretty much the first page whether or not it's going to work. And I think the stakes are pretty low. If she doesn't like the life, if she feels dissatisfied she gets to go back to the library so any slight disturbance to that life I mean obviously some of them were quite big and quite quite catastrophic but then there were some little ones that she just like that's disappointing back to the library and it's Mm. like well this is just like I don't know there was no like real high stakes and then usually in most of the lives it's she appears in this life before she's about to do something like public speak or give a presentation or perform a song or something like that and obviously that's really anxiety inducing and there should have been a bit more of a thing about that, but it'd just be like, no, she's going to do this thing, fuck it up and then go back to the library. I did think, I mean, I think obviously there are plot holes in, in something like this, but I yeah. think you just kind of have to not concentrate on them too much because, well, there's, there's, so, there's so many plot holes. Like she meets someone in another world that is in the same position as her, like trying out lives. And if this is happening all the time, there'd be so many random confused people walking around these different lives. But obviously that's not the point. And um, that, that, that bit actually didn't bother me. Yeah. I was fine with that. And that was probably the most interesting part. And I wanted that mm. to be a bigger, yeah. a bigger thing. And it wasn't. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. What did you think? Because I feel like I'm not really, I'm not pointing out anything technical. I think it was well written. It was easily readable. It was like enjoyable on the whole and it had a good message. And it sort of itched the scratch of like satisfaction in that yeah. she literally has every 
every life possible mm-hmm. so you're reading a book that's 10 books in one so it's kind of satisfying in that respect and yet in terms of technicality I thought she was a well-rounded character it had a strong voice but yeah what did you think because I feel like I'm just slagging it off just no I, d- I did enjoy it and I do I do enjoy books that I can get through quickly because it just makes feel good about myself and we talked about that <laughs> last week um yeah. but I think that there's something so I feel like I've said the word earnest in a different podcast, but so earnest about yeah. him. I think I was talking about the little R2-D2. You were uh, talking about Clara, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I think because there's, there's part of the book where it's like borderline didactic or or just overly mm-hmm. moral and it's mm-hmm. quite heavy handed. But I think he really does manage to keep it on the right side of that, I think. Just about, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it feels like it's probably quite a cathartic book for him to write. Again, we're talking about the author, but if he's experienced depression well yeah I know that he has terrible mental health problems a lot of the time and when he was obviously younger he attempted suicide so I feel like writing a book like this was probably quite cathartic and I've also I've looked on his Instagram and this mother had lost a son and she said that the book had made her think about that in a different way and like and she imagines him in the midnight library and things like that I just think like it's obviously I know it's like so it's so important what he's done and I think if it's having that effect on 103,000 people at least who have bothered themselves to write an Amazon review then oh yeah it's I'm glad he's I'm glad he's sold two million copies yeah it's obviously Um, been incredibly beneficial and necessary and I think it yeah you're right it is that earnestness it does he doesn't shy away at all in the message that he's trying to give where it gets to sort of the final chapter and it's essentially just that message repeated 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 which Mm. if you were somebody that was on a similar sort of wavelength as Nora is in the beginning a few Mm -hmm. chapters would just be so affirming Mm -hmm. and so necessary and I could do appreciate how much it's obviously done for a lot of people one of the things that really irritated us is that in one chapter she's just broken up with a really famous film star who did you picture um who was I picturing mainly Tom Cruise it's sort of okay this is what I mean when I can't really picture people I don't like picture a completely different thing but I can't faces don't really focus so I was like is it going to be like a Ryan Gosling yeah or Ryan Reynolds Ryan Reynolds and then for some reason Tom Cruise just because he's notoriously a bit of a dickhead to his wives but then I was also thinking like a leather jacket like a bad boy who's a Hollywood bad boy Tom Hardy Oh, maybe a bit of a Tom Hardy, yeah. But my point is, why didn't you shag him? I know. Can you imagine if you were, I woke up in a different life and I was, I don't know, who do I fancy? Well, t- let's just say Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy ringing <laughs> us up being like, hi, Paul, it's me, Tom Hardy. Um, mm-hmm. I still love you. I'd be like, well, where are you in the world? Let's meet up and shag now. Yeah. And then go back to the old woman in the library and be like, you know what, babe, that was great. Thank you for that yeah. one. Can we do another one? Yeah, you know, I did. I really did enjoy it, and it was a relief to read something like that. To be honest, after those definitely it was books that it, we've read, it was a really nice, comforting, easy read. I knew that I wasn't going to be forced to like grapple with anything. Mm-hmm. Everything that happened, it was very agreeable. So the question I had, I know it's undrinkable. I regret this fucking drink. Well, that was the whole point. So mission accomplished. <laughs> so yeah, I went out with my friend and I told him about this book and I said what are some of the things that you would change and I don't want it to be really deep I just mean if say if you had like three things in your life that you could change just almost more of like curiosity to see where you would end up what comes to mind and what do you think you had the potential of being because she's quite a, a range of different things that are you know she very, must be a, very different very extremely different. talented woman I don't think I've got enough like well, talent in different areas hobby. yeah <laughs> she's got like hobbies in every area and she's the best at all of them yeah well in different lives I suppose uh so what what do you think I've spent a year trying to become an actor and that was so detrimental to my mental health Mm. (laughs) that I probably just wouldn't bother doing that but then but then I needed that like I don't know because that year meant that I then started university a year later which is where I met you and and well there you go friends exactly so I can't regret that that. Um, I think but would you if if you had this library and you could go and have a look at, at that life yeah so you're not committing to anything but is that okay. would you be curious about what would yeah, have happened sure. all right when I did my a-levels I fucking loved college absolutely mm. loved it college and is I, mint oh 
God. If I could live those two years on loop for the rest of my life, I would do. Me too. Um, but I was I was really into the work that I was doing. So I spent a lot of time oh, studying and nowhere near enough time partying. And nerd. I know. It really unlike me pre- I'm a nerd previous too. to college. And college was where I became really nerdy. So I would like to go out and start getting pissed a bit earlier. I wasted yep. two valuable drinking years. I would probably, maybe I would try harder at the acting. <laughs> what would I have done I'm trying to think of hobbies that I had as a child showing off do you think there's a life where I was meek you're showing up no I'm never gonna suggest that (laughs) where what's the life that you could be living where you're showing off the most acting (laughs) maybe I would have traveled sooner because for those of you that don't know I chose to go traveling in January 2020 (laughs) (laughs) oh I felt so bad for you (laughs) Not as bad as I felt for myself. This is the thing. A lot of the choices that I've made in my life haven't led to a whole lot. Like I seem to make these big choices and then they amount to nothing. But I'm not generally pissed off about any of it. Me neither, really. I don't. But I do get curious about what would have happened because I've made loads of decisions for the wrong reasons in my life. And sometimes they've they've led us to, well, they've led us to where I am now and can't complain. Um, But I do think one life I'd like to look at not mm-hmm. commit to is because I was always going to uni when I was 18 I was going to go to Manchester because that's where all the gay bars were and yeah. I was going to have a fantastic time and I got in and then I just didn't go I don't think I knew this yeah yeah when I was so I was on A-level results day I just didn't go yeah because of a silly relationship which is what most mm-hmm. of my decisions have been made because <laughs> yeah uh, so I'd just be curious to see what would have happened if I would I still be there yeah, you know, I'm glad I went much later because it's it's it was right for me in the end, and I and I and and you and you and you, mm-hmm. and I was an absolute nerd in university because I oh just absolutely God, it was, loved my course. It was insufferable how much of a nerd you were. At so uni. nerdy! Oh God, I just I loved it. No, I know it wasn't. And I think because I'd done so much partying before, when I didn't have yeah. any education to worry you about, you had got out system. I mean, yeah, in a way, it makes it sound like I'm really sensible now, but drinking yeah, absinthe no. on a Sunday. But yeah, so that's um, one thing I would have a look at. All right, I've had a think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and while I was in, so I was in a very long term relationship, which I wouldn't change and I don't regret at all. But it does mean that I wasn't single really as an adult until I was almost 24 so I went when I was in union in freshers instead of going out and shagging around essentially I was just having movie nights with my boyfriend so I don't don't, it's not that I regret doing that but I do want to have a look at what my life would have been like it's true and I guess this book talks about like how different are you as a person in these different lives and Mm -hmm. it did it did actually make me feel a bit of comfort with regrets because I've always said as well I know a lot of people say like don't live with regrets you know, no regrets, all this. I've certainly regretted stuff I've done in my life and I don't think there's anything yeah. wrong with that. It's, so I oh, see no. it's similar to the everything happens for a reason thing. I'm like, it's fine to have regrets. Like I've made stupid mistakes and if I didn't regret them. You would just be making them all the time. Yeah. So I, I don't uh, yeah. think there's anything wrong with regrets. I'm the same, but in the way that I'm not like, if I could go back and change anything, I would do because. No. I, nothing right now about my life is like in dire straits because of a mistake that I've made. Like generally, if I make a mistake, I'm like, oh, that's awful. I'm never going to do that again. And mm. I like satisfy myself with the knowledge that in a year, sort of maximum, I'll be over it. Do you have any moments that you think of and you cringe yes, of stuff so that you've many. done? Yeah. So I've got a few of these that where it's like when my brain is, there's not much going on in my brain. Yeah. They'll just pop in and there can yeah. be things from 25 years ago and yeah, they cringe me so badly. What What are yours? I don't want to... Do a couple, because we've just been really deep there. Uh, yeah, and, and we, we haven't some, been funny for ages. We've not been funny, have we? We need some comedy. Nah. I mean, there's one very obvious one, but that is a secret that I'll say it's my grave, because I still can't say it without wanting to be sick. Do I know it? No. <sighs> <laughs> um, this was one that used to get me. It doesn't anymore, but it really mm. used to get me when I was a child and well, like an early teen. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure why, because when I think back on it, it's not that big of a deal. But basically when I was a child, um, I was playing with some friends in like a forest 
and we found a knife like a big kitchen knife and obviously rule number one of being a child is don't touch knives or maybe it's like don't touch fire and then don't touch knives anyway I was showing off with this knife um naturally (laughs) I was like cutting things up with this knife and I cut my finger because I was a child and I was handling a knife right and then as I was later on I was in the car with my dad and my dad kept pastas in the car so my brother's just walking in hi bro have a sip of that (laughs) do it on camera why? Well, you it's not recorded, but I just want Paul to be able to see reaction. I don't know what to say. Isn't that nice. the world's worst? Nice. Algae. Yeah, sesh. Sesh. Anyway, cut myself with this knife, and uh, my dad kept pastas in his car, and I really wanted one of these pastas, which I don't know if pastas were like gold dust in your house as well. Like, I just wasn't ever allowed a pasta as a child, which was annoying because everyone knew that pastas meant attention. Yeah. And I was like, Dad, can I have a pasta? And he was like, Why? why what have you done and I couldn't tell him that I'd obviously been playing with a knife in the woods <laughs> and I was like I've got a paper cut and he was like grow up <laughs> like, you've got a paper cut you're not getting a plaster for a paper cut so I had this fucking wound on the side of my finger <laughs> which then got infected and because I was cutting with a knife in the from the woods <laughs> and the infection was the length of my finger it was like this big bubble of green pus Blech that ran the length of my finger and then like a few weeks or whatever later my dad had taken me horse riding because I used to be a bit of a horsey girl well I wanted to be I, was, mm. I wanted to be a horsey girl thank god that actually never came that would be a regret anyway I was riding this horse and the blister popped and the pus went all over this horse <laughs> <laughs> at the back of its neck and I was like frantically trying to like wipe this pus off this horse <laughs> And everyone was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I was like trying to trot away from the crowd. I had hidden this green witchy finger for like almost a month. Gang finger. Yeah, also imagine I died because I, anyway, uh, wiped the pus off this horse and then it just used to mortify me. Like whenever I'd think about it as a child, obviously now I, I don't understand why that embarrassed me so much, but back then it really used to get to me. Um, what, and did no one know about it? I got away with it so I don't know why I don't know if I should tell this other one no I can't but there's just one when I just told a lie to my friend on the phone once (gasps) on a family holiday and I was overheard telling the lie oh no and then I got rinsed by it well for it for ages and it's still now something that like I'll just be about to fall asleep and my brain will be like remember when you told that lie yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? So one of mine is actually that story that I told last week about <laughs> lying about the phone. Yeah. But I mean, more recent one is a couple of years ago, I did a stand-up comedy gig. Was that a couple of years ago? Ah, uh-huh, it was just before, well, it was just before the pandemic, literally like February 2020. Um, oh my God. My friend, who is a brilliant stand-up comedian, was doing like a charity gig to raise money to do the marathon. Mm-hmm. I did a five-minute set, which ended up being like 15 minutes, attention-seeking. And it was it was absolutely fine. Like obviously I wasn't like Catherine Ryan or anything, but it did go well. People did laugh, but there was just one point in the middle where I just forgot what I was gonna say. And because I'd had no experience in styling it out, I just stood there and I was like, Oh god, I'm so sorry. (laughs) And it was probably four seconds, but to me, in those four seconds, I thought, right, how can I kill myself now? Like, what can I do? To just, can I, it's too late to run out people will catch me mm-hmm. can I just like just dive headfirst onto the concrete to try and die like it was just so humiliating but oh, then mate. I know it wasn't as bad but then my friend filmed it and I just I couldn't even bear the thought of watching it so for mm-hmm. a long time that was the thing that would come into my head and that's when I realized I could never be a stand-up comic because that happens every single time <laughs> what about if this becomes one of them what about if in like 10 years don't we can't don't. sleep at night because we decided to do a podcast. No, don't, because I will just have to take it off. We'll just, I'll <laughs> just have to just change my identity. I will move to Russia. <laughs> I will move to Russia and I will Be marry. A straight man. Yep, yep. I will marry Svetlana and drink Russian vodka all day. That actually sounds quite good. I am not a very good singer. Okay. And when we were doing the school production of Annie, maybe, I didn't want to be Mrs. What's the... Hannigan? 
Yeah, I didn't want well, to be her, but I was. Sorry, you didn't want to play Mrs. Hannigan? No, because she has to sing. Ah, uh, she's but fabulous, I wanted to be... That's who I want to be when I'm older. I think, is it her brother's wife? Another evil woman that's in it. I want it to be her, because in right, my okay. way, she didn't sing that much. Mm-hmm. So they were holding auditions for Mrs. Hannigan, Hannigan, whatever. Hannigan, yeah. Hannigan on the Monday night and then on the Tuesday night it was just auditions for every other principal role so I was like sure I'll just go along to that audition and maybe I won't have to sing and I don't want that role of Miss Hannigan anyway so I went to audition and my teacher was like why are you here tonight you were meant to be here last night and I was like oh because I don't want to be Mrs Hannigan and she's like but obviously whoever auditions for Mrs Hannigan and doesn't get it but it's like second best will get this other role so you should have been here last night you're like competing for the so I was like you're joking and she was like no so she was like look, why don't you just do it now? So then there's thousands more people because they're auditioning for all of the other principal roles. So that mm. I just worsened the situation for myself. So I had to stand up on stage and sing this song. She said, just do the, the first verse in the chorus of the sun will come out or something. And I was like, fuck my whole life. I can't believe how bad this is. <sighs> I got to the second line and she went, that's enough, thank you. But wow! Got, you know when Simon Cowell puts his hand up and stuff. Yeah, like, or just that was it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be a good way to do it in auditions. To be honest, everyone knows where they stand. Yeah, exactly. I got one of Fagin's boys. Oh, that's an more ensemble, you. An ensemble. Is that even the same musical? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Who else is there in Annie? That's like, is it like a, a crossover musical, Annie and Oliver. Um, I was Annie, that doesn't make sense. Was it they're all Annie? girls, aren't they? Well, you're not just an orphan number three. I haven't seen Annie for a lot of years, to be honest. I don't know if I've ever seen it, apart from when I was in it. But was I even in it? Maybe after that, I just thought, fuck this, I'm not... No, I wasn't... Uh, whatever, it doesn't matter, but that was quite awful for a long time. I've just thought of one, and I can't... I don't... I, I might have to edit this out of the podcast, okay. because I don't know if I'm ready to share this, and I've, I don't... I haven't thought about this in a long time. Mm-hmm. But it... it really did sort of change my life quite a lot when I was in year eight yeah. I used to play badminton before school get your laughs out now badders eight o'clock in the morning I fucking love badminton I think it's class it's the best oh my god we is. used to play it at work as well didn't we <laughs> yeah. so much fun and one morning I was playing badders with a reasonably cool boy from school and I now this is this is where I genuinely can't remember I either had a dream about one of the teachers getting sacked because she'd slept with another teacher, like in our school. Right. So I had a dream that she had shagged another teacher and she got sacked. And I told this mm-hmm. boy, or I made that up right. to tell the boy Yeah. for some strange reason. No, but you just do, don't you? And he immediately told the female teacher, by the way, who was there doing our badminton lesson, that I dreamt about her and another teacher having sex. Mate. I was, I felt like, I, again, I was like, right, I could probably wrap the badminton net around my neck. Um, I could probably, <laughs> the badminton things on the side are quite heavy. I could just try and bludgeon myself in the face. <laughs> yeah. I felt the, oh, it was horrible. <gasps> and then, awful. Yeah, oh, babe, gets worse, gets worse. Oh, no. Then the other teacher who I said I'd dreamt about, who this one had allegedly slept with, the teacher told him. So then, well, the, no, um, in a mm. PA lesson, what? Well, I wonder why she told him that. Imagine being like, What, do you think she fancied him? him? Yeah. That well, she didn't have a dream about us having sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know how, I don't, she was so nice and, and really, really quite quiet. So maybe, I don't know how he found out, but he Well, did. she should have kept that to herself then. Yeah. Um, and then he, and then, I don't even know if it was the same day, like we had a PE lesson and he sat me down. He was like, tell me about this dream then. <gasps> and I was like, <laughs> so I think I just made up this convoluted story about the dream, tried to kind of make sure that the sex didn't feature because it wasn't like I was saying I had dreamt about them having sex. I dreamt that they had had sex and she right. got sacked. So there was no there was no naked teachers involved oh, in this dream God. that I may or may not have made up. <laughs> but I had to then just make up this story about. And now looking back, I'm like, did he ask me that because you needed to check if I was some sort of perverted psychopath and then needed to like check us into yeah. a facility, or was he just interested? Or yeah, like he fancied her as well. And then, oh, and then we went skiing with school, mm. which oh, apart from God. this one moment was the 
best holiday of my life. Skiing's shit. Skiing is so boring, but the rest of it was amazing. Um, and he brought it up again. And I was like, oh my God, come on, please just stop. And I would say for at least 12 years, that was the thought that came into my mind <laughs> when I was in bed. Like, oh, my life's all right, isn't it? I've done all right for myself. I quite enjoy my friends. <laughs> Remember that time when you dropped the teacher shagging? <laughs> I'm just, oh. I'm really trying to put myself in your position. And that would, that is killer. It's absolutely awful because I really thought, because I was a nerd <laughs> at school, but I was like a funny nerd. And I yeah. think I didn't really get bullied because mm-hmm. I don't think I was like bullying fodder necessarily. I think people mm. generally quite liked us. Not straight boys weren't a fan, <laughs> but <laughs> most people I think were. And I think people found us funny. So I was like, I, I've, I've created a, a reasonably good reputation here I like I like my personal brand at this school other than the fact that I'm a closeted gay but then nobody else I don't think it ever got much further than that like apart from the boy and the teachers and probably the whole PA department but I really did think I'm, I'm probably gonna have to move schools now <laughs> and how am I gonna how am I gonna engineer this move like hi ma'am um I'm just gonna I'm just gonna move schools if that's all right why I, oh um you know I don't like I the lied. curriculum here <laughs> I lied about two teachers having sex and it got back to both teachers and it's been raised multiple times since and I just don't think this is the place for me anymore so yeah oh, that that's probably my weird. worst one I'm gonna think about that again now mm, but do you know what it's <laughs> so has his head in his hands <laughs> give us some absinthe yeah, get that down. Yeah, I'm trying to think of more that uh, <laughs> went through a big good. phase of like being mortifying on nights out. When I went from sort of just drinking a, a small amount to then suddenly drinking Everything. catastrophic amounts, that transition wasn't so seamless. And mm. I did used to have a phase of cornering people on a night out and one of my in fact my only really remaining friend from high school once came up to me on a night out and he hadn't said anything to me all night he'd been elsewhere and he just came up to me and went you're being really embarrassing oh my god that's cruel it's he yeah notorious for saying stuff like that um and that that was a that took up quite a lot of like my regret in life for a short period of time was I would wake up after a night out and just be like yeah, yeah. why the fuck did I say that whereas I still chat shit now but when I wake up the next day I think it's funny oh yeah We're, we, we are I think we've found our equilibrium we've found the right balance now because we have disasters but we're just we're just like piss ourselves and hug each other and then help each other home and it's all great you just Should remind me the story of your birthday was that what you're gonna say no when we got the kebab oh. while michael's getting the kebab <laughs> so my me paul um, and michael and another friend of ours had been to watch a musical it's one of paul's birthday presents and then we'd only meant to have a drink afterwards uh, which is how it always begins. And the next thing I knew, we were, how did we get home? Did we get the tube home? We did, because I fell down the escalators. So that's how it that's how it went. <laughs> I fell down the escalators, which I don't remember doing, by the way, but I'd somehow been conveniently filming at the time. For attention, probably. Yeah. You were like, did. whoops, I've just dived down the stairs. <laughs> no, you could tell it was super genuine, like, by the yeah. reaction in the video. And you in the back, Paul was going, get up, get up, get up! in the back it's gonna be eaten by the escalator anyway it gotten out of hand and then we'd gone to the kebab shop and we got back to paul's part of london corner of london and don't tell michael, them my address because i'll be swamped no, in the do. morning you'll be like spike in notting hill when he opens yeah the door. um yeah and we we'd gone into the kebab shop and michael kicked us out of the kebab shop because me and paul were being too rowdy and we spotted a group of girls across the street who were oh my god I didn't know where you were going with this I've forgotten about this they were obviously in their freshers week so they were 18 19 at a push um and me and Paul thought they (laughs) (laughs) they are some people that will be impressed with us and our life stories so we ran across by the the way I'm guessing it was like 11 30 it was (laughs) because we got the tube they'd just come out of the pub where they'd been for pre-drinks and we were getting our kebabs for the end of the night yeah and then we we had to stand like a meter away from them initially 
while we sized them up because we were nervous <laughs> and then I realized that one had been sick so I was like that's our way in and I went over and I was like is she all right and then obviously not bothered about whether or not this girl's all right I just wanted to corner some pressure and tell uh-huh. her my life story um, and then Michael's got this tragic <laughs> of them running away from us from across the street and me shouting bye babes after the ball and then just turning and hooking (laughs) depending on how well that story edits i think we should put that video on instagram why not with me as well it was Um, Uh, yeah just just one most i mean i feel like done a lot of stories now but just when you were saying about being a nightmare on a night out mm. it just brought back this story that I haven't thought about in a while and to be honest I don't regret it but <laughs> I can basically after I had four years between school and uni and within those four years made did lots of stupid stuff because I had loads of time on my hands and there was one time at this point I was working at Topman talked about this before um and it was this oi, it was oi. it was the Christmas night out and I don't know where that came from. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, well, that's the kind of energy we're having, Tom. Oh, it's more like, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was the Christmas night out, and everybody who worked there, it was like I worked in a concession amongst other concessions. So all the concession fellows used to chat to each other <laughs> while nobody shopped anywhere. And they were all so lovely, but I think I sort of, they sort of give me a sympathy invite. And I went to this um, this quite a nice party in a nice venue in Newcastle. Um, I hadn't realised that it was a black and white theme. So everyone was wearing suits <laughs> and was wearing like black gowns and stuff. And I just walked in. I was like, oh, God. And, uh, in fact, I think I was so unobservant that I walked in wearing jeans and like a denim shirt or something a fucking canadian tuxedo and trainers uh-huh. and then someone oh did you not get the memo about the uh, the black and white and i looked around and i was like oh my god but that's not even what i was thinking of that just came to me now so then after the night out which is great uh, after the party we went to some bars and i just was not in a good place mental health wise and life wise and i just got way too drunk and mm-hmm. i was holding it together these people were quite cool you know how some retail people are quite cool um, mm-hmm. And I was not, and I was not wearing the right outfit. And I went to the toilet, and I think this, and they were, they were all so lovely. I'd like to thank them now. Um, one of them said, "Are you all right, Paul?" You're not I, was one like, of- I was like, "Well, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't a true one of them." I don't think. Um, he's like, "Are you all right?" It basically was saying like, "You're mortal, babe." Uh, yeah. But he was so lovely back. Like, yeah, no, absolutely fine, darling, absolutely fine. And I went to the toilet, and somewhere between the dance floor and the toilet. I had managed to just smack my head against the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Not on purpose. Not on purpose. It wasn't like a self-harm. But my head, I've got quite a large head for quite a small body. And I just lost control of it. And it just sort of toppled over and I smacked my head off the wall. And I thought, and I was like, oh, oh gosh, um, I'm quite drunk here. No, but I'm fine. I'm going to style this out. Nobody saw this. So then I went back to the, I went to the toilet and I went back to the dance floor. And this boy was like, oh, your head's bleeding. I was, I was like, oh, no. And I was like, oh, sure enough. I was like, oh, oh, so it is. Um, I think, if I, if I remember correctly, I think I've just um, smashed my head against the wall. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to pop home. And he came out with the, someone came running out the toilet with tissues, which I just stuck to this gash on my head. And I, but I just didn't want to trouble anyone. It's all fine. It's all, don't worry, guys. Enjoy the rest of your night. Love the black and white party. Merry Christmas. Goodbye. And went home. And actually, I do still have a scar. It wasn't very deep, uh, this, this gash, luckily. But you might have noticed, uh, you can't see it on this camera, but uh, yeah, I think uh, it's like above my eyebrow. Yeah. Oh, that- got it. It's opened a can of worms, this this question. I just want to quickly I tell another quick one that I can't believe that I've forgotten about. Right. Um, but my 18th birthday party, for some reason, I decided to do... It's February, um, and I put a marquee up in my back garden, decided to do a black tie event in my... <laughs> <laughs> and the dress code was... Met Gala. Every... 
<laughs> everyone had to wear black and white and that was <laughs> and I gave out invitations which it just was so uncool to do like by that point Facebook events was the thing that you did but I oh, oh I think it's cool I gave out it's not and I gave out I'm older invitations than you though. <laughs> and I made everyone wear black and white and then I wore orange. Ooh, now I quite like that. It's something that my friends still rip me about to this day. To I this think day. that's quite fit and funny. It's, were you trying to be funny or were you trying to be no, fit? it was entirely unironic. I just really wanted the My Super Sweet 16 moment. Oh, God, that show was legendary. It was so good. I was saying this to someone the other day. I used to have an iPod Nano and the only thing I had on it was... Amy Winehouse's Back to Black and one episode of My Super Sweet 16. That was cool when you used to watch them on the iPod. I remember mm. my friend had The Hills on an iPod when we were on holiday and I watched the whole thing on this iPod. Episode. Anyway, yeah, yes, I wore orange to my black and white party because I wanted attention. Absolute legend. Well, this actually brings us nicely because I keep forgetting to tell people to email. So we have an email address, which is readingforattention at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We want you to email us drink recommendations, thoughts on how beautiful we sound. But also, if anyone's got a story, we've just shared a load of stuff. I've really opened up there. If anyone's got a story that they think about at night and it still haunts them to this day how embarrassing it was. You can totally remain anonymous. You can even set up a a fake Gmail account just to get this through to us. Mm -hmm. But I would absolutely love people to send those stories in. Yeah, I really want to hear them. I can already sense that I'm going to get a bit of a vulnerability hangover from this episode. Oh yeah, Mine's, mine's setting in now with the absent. Yeah, but I think whatever. Just oversharing, oversharing, that is my, the biggest thorn in my side. Yeah. But I can't not do it, I can't not do it. If I go on a first date with someone, I'm like, hi, my name's Sarah, and this is my trauma. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to my trauma. (laughs) (laughs) So, just before we talk about next week's book and drink, do you want to just talk about the new addition to your life so the reason why I can't think of a single regret that I've got in my life that I would do differently is because it's all led up to this moment this very moment where everything has changed I don't I don't imagine you've ever read Twilight have you Paul I haven't I've seen it but I was I saw it we rented it from Blockbuster that's how old I am I know and it was on a date the film is I guess so and I didn't watch the whole thing because I was so nervous that I was on this date that I just was, was frozen. Sweating. Yeah, Perspiring. basically. Yeah. Um, Barting under the... <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. um, so, yes. Basically, in Twilight, when a wolf gets really attached to a human, they imprint, and it's they describe it as the centre of the universe changes. It's no longer like gravity holding them to the earth anymore. It's this person. Well, that's happened but in reverse and that I am the person this time and I this isn't making sense is it you're not you're not giving me much affirmation no I was just thinking that vodka was my version of that Mm, yeah well mine was Prosecco yeah Um, (laughs) now it's absent than Prosecco oh (laughs) I'm gonna force this down I'm gonna drink all of it yeah me too because I've got these two extra mini bottles of Prosecco to have (laughs) did you take a pick fuck no shit I'll do it now Shall it I was see? lime green, people. It was lime green. Um, because I'm at my mum's. I was like, oh, I'm going to take a picture of the drink. Blah, blah, blah. Will you just make sure the house looks respectable? <laughs> uh, so I digress. Luca is the name of my reason for being now. And she is a Sprocker Spaniel who we picked up yesterday. Sprocker is a mix between Springer and Cocker. And she's absolutely perfect in every way. I've never, ever met a creature better. I've never met a human better. She's just perfect. And she's so sweet. She's so cute. She's really needy. She just gets buzzing of absolutely everything. And she's only seven and a half weeks old. And she's got massive front paws and a tiny little mm. body. And we had to give her a bath today because she did stink. That was her only her only shortcoming. She smelled like cow pat. But now she smells gorgeous. And in the bath, she was this little soppy wet, like, oh, I can't even think about it. It makes me want to physically harm things, how much I find her cute. 
like you know when you touch something really cute and you want to crush it yeah eat like it's eat like, it what, what is that what is that because well, surely that's like an instinctual thing i think it's like psychopathy oh right <laughs> Yeah, anyway, uh, Luca, I might put a picture of her on Instagram because puppies get attention. Yeah, you should. Um, one question, I know Mummy Christine listens to this podcast. Do you think on any level, I think Luca's a beautiful name yeah. and I think it's really cool that it's for a girl. Yeah. Do you think on any level that is a way of getting extra attention by having to correct people when they think it's a boy? Well, she's already annoyed about it. Well, I mean, she walked right into that one, though. No, but actually, I'll tell you, that was unfair of me to say she's annoyed about the fact that people immediately assume, without even knowing Luca's name, that Luca is a boy. Patriarchy. Yeah, the fucking patriarchy. We've got this book called The Puppy Bible. And in it, it's like, make sure you feed your puppy, uh, you know, two hours before you want him to go to bed. Otherwise, he'll be up all night long digesting his food. And it's like, "Uh, sorry, Luca's a bitch. <laughs> I love. I, like I always forget that that means female dog, and it's just fantastic. It's genius, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I love calling her a stinky bitch. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so my mum's put some pics of her on the internet, um, and people have been commenting saying, "Oh my god, he's absolutely gorgeous." What's he called? My mum's room saying it's a girl, actually. But that's even more confusing because if she said Luca, yeah, exactly. Everyone would be like, oh. reinforces her. Yeah, my mum said, "Fuck a gender stereotype." Oh yeah, no, I agree. Um, it just reminds me though, there was a, a girl in my school who was whose name was Karen, but it was spelt Karen. And <laughs> bless her, she was forever having to just tell teachers that it was Karen. And I think if my name was Karen, but it was spelled Karen, I think I would mm-hmm. just end up going by Karen. Yeah, it's like Caddy and Katie and because it makes girls. yeah, it makes it makes it look like she's being the one who's being she's a dick. Being a Karen. She's like. Yeah, it sounds like she's been a Karen. It's Karen, but it's like, no, that it genuinely is Karen. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I felt, yeah. I, that's what I think of when people's names are mm-hmm. like that. One of my friends from uni is called Alice, but it's spelled A-L-I-S-S. Um, hi, Alice, if you're listening. And before I met her, but had her, had her on WhatsApp, in my head it was... Alice. Alice, yeah. I, can't, I couldn't even remember then. Um, Alice. And then in our first tutorial the tutor was like and uh, is Alice here and she went it's Alice and that's actually how Alice should be spelt oh and uh, big dick like, energy whoa, 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 whoa. she is fiery and I want to be friends with her see if somebody um, called me like Paul I'd be like yep that's correct yeah me too when people are like is it Sarah with an H or without I'm like it's absolutely up to you babe whatever you yeah <laughs> both and also neither <laughs> yeah neither neither just whatever it is your name it's your name now <laughs> Um, right okay tell us book and drink okay the book that we're going to be reading next week is called the other black girl and it's by zakia dalila harris uh and i don't know if it's i don't think it's a debut novel i don't think whatever but it came out this year and it's being described as get out you know the horror film by jordan peele love that book film mm, such a good film and us <laughs> Oh, watched us. Yeah, God, she's so good. The Peter. Mm-hmm. Oh no, stop! It's freaking us out. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's been described as Get Out meets The Devil's The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, interesting. Right, so I'm really fucking buzzing about it because I love both of those things. Yeah, me too. Did you just? Oh, what is it? That big monologue that Meryl Streep does about Cerulean. Yeah, Cerulean. I'm just looking if it is a. It's a debut. It is a debut. And it was named a most anticipated book of 2021. Buzz, and how did she get that bloody buzz? How did they do that when she started one before? Oh, God, we're doing something wrong, Sarah. Oh, no. Anyway, so Get Out, obviously, psychological, thrillery, horror-y, scary film. Devil Wears Prada, iconic masterpiece. Uh, what, what would you call that? Like a... It's sort of like a rom-com, but a chick... it would be called a chick flick, but I feel like chick we need flick. to get away from that. Uh, probably need to get away from that terminology now, don't we? Yeah. So anyway, I thought, what would happen if you combined those two things? Like, fun and sweet and scary and scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm suggesting that we drink something called spicy 50 Ooh, what's that yeah it's a martini and it's um <laughs> sorry i've just read the garnish which is fresh chilies on the rim <laughs> oh i hate that's the reason i don't eat chilies because of fresh chilies on the rim 
the only reason I tell you. It should be called the Johnny Cash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's two red jalapenos or fresh chilies, and it says ten thousand shoe, which is Showbell, Showbell, Scobell, Schofield, yeah. Philip Schofield. <laughs> No, it actually is a Schofield sale scale. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Obviously not named like, after Philip. I was like, shut up, Paul. <laughs> shut uh, up. <laughs> so it's some chili. It's chili, so spicy. And then it's uh, vanilla vodka, elderflower cordial, lime juice, and moaning honey syrup. So very sweet meets spicy. Because I thought that's like horror and chick flick. I love it. It sounds fantastic. Um, I'm just pissed at myself because <laughs> this is one of my worst character traits is saying something with confidence but not really knowing and i just quickly googled it's not called the scopiel scopels isn't it scopel but i was just like yeah it's the scopiels you know like philip scopiels yeah <laughs> i do michael really hates it. i do it all the time god sorry um but yes that sounds delish <laughs> what's your least favorite trait in a person mine is when you tell someone something really niche and they go yeah i knew that yeah i don't like, do that mm, but you didn't you didn't i'm the opposite i'll i'll pretend i don't know it because i don't want to make you feel bad yeah you you've definitely made me think that you don't know something that you've known your entire life before i've, I've got i don't know what my least favorite my least favorite trait in people is people who are a dick and i don't like pretentiousness but i've got a lot of traits in myself that i wouldn't enjoy mm. my other my I'm, friends i'm a one-upper and i hate one-uppers yeah well um i don't know if i'm a one up maybe i'm like a subtle one-upper but i'm also a my friend stacy always used to she would tell me something and then the next day i would tell her it <laughs> and it so would happen annoying. all the time and she'd be like paul i told you that yeah and i would act as if it was my own story yeah. or like my own mm. thing it's quite embarrassing um so yeah there's another one emails in with your least favorite traits in other people yeah mine is one-upmanship actually more so than like if i'm like oh did you know that blah 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 blah, and i yeah did actually it's one-upmanship i can't stand it but i am i do fall prey to that as well it's tempting it's because i want to be relatable it's not because i want them to think that i'm better than them it's because i want to be relatable yeah um (laughs) it's like i'm a celebrity (laughs) (laughs) okay great uh well Thank you, Sarah, and Thank enjoy you. Luca. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to that book and drink. You'll have to send, maybe post that recipe because it sounded long. Yeah, we'll do. I need and... to send you uh, an element of it in return. Oh, do you? This is quite fun. We should keep doing this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, email, do email us at readingforattention at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at readingforattention. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you all next week. See you next week, babes. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye.